0: RiskWatch is a due diligence and compliance podcast featuring interviews with leading compliance investigations and research professionals to shed light on global corruption and compliance related issues. RiskWatch is brought to you by VCheck Global, a business to business provider of due diligence, background checks, employment screening, document retrieval, and specialized research of both business entities and individuals. Seth Harlan of the Global here, joined by Elaine Greenberg, shareholder at Greenberg Traurig. Her professional experience includes a 25-year tenure at the United States Securities and Exchange Commission, where she served as a senior officer in the Enforcement Division. Elaine is a panelist at the 49th Annual Securities Regulation Institute, speaking on the topic of SEC enforcement and investigations. Elaine, thank you for joining Risk Watch.
1: It's my pleasure, Seth. Hopefully we can have a nice chat regarding some uh, timely issues from the SEC.
0: That sounds perfect. Let's kick off on the topic of SEC enforcement actions. In light of the change in administration with a new SEC chairman and director of enforcement, what are some of the changes you anticipate in the types of sanctions and relief that the SEC will seek in its enforcement actions?
1: Sure. So I think one area that the SEC has really taken a renewed interest in is the requirement of admissions of liability in settled SEC enforcement actions. Now, the SEC has had a long history of respondents being able to settle commission's findings in its enforcement actions on what's referred to as a neither admit nor deny basis. Several years ago, under Chair Mary J. White, the SEC began to require admissions of liability from certain respondents in various limited cases as a condition to settlement. Now, at that time, Chair White indicated that such admissions would be required in certain cases, such as where there were a large number of investors who had been harmed, where the conduct was egregious, where the conduct poses significant rents to the market or investors, and where admissions would aid investors in deciding whether to deal with a certain party in the future. So during subsequent years, Under the leadership of Chair Jay Clayton, this requirement basically fell by the wayside and most cases went back to being able to settle on a neither admit nor deny basis. However, since the appointment of new Director of Enforcement, Gervier Grual, there's been an express articulation of the requirement of admissions in certain cases. Of note, the Director stated during his comments at SEC Speaks back in November of 2021, that when it comes to accountability, few things rival the magnitude of wrongdoers admitting that they broke the law. And so, in an era of diminished trust, we will, in appropriate circumstances, be requiring admissions in cases where heightened accountability and acceptance of responsibility are in the public interest. Admissions, given their attention-getting nature, also serve as a clarion call to other market participants to stamp out and self-report the misconduct to the extent it is occurring in their firm. Another sanction that I think bears watching is the amount of the penalties the SEC will seek in its actions. Now, Enforcement Director Gruel articulated his views regarding penalties during a speech he gave recently in October at a PLI broker-dealer regulation and enforcement conference. He had stated that penalties are among the most important of our tools, in part because of our ability to tailor them to the violation. He further stated, to achieve the intended deterrent effect, it may be appropriate to impose more significant penalties for comparable behavior over time. Doing so will make it harder for market participants to simply price in the potential cost of a violation. Now, in discussing how penalty factors will be evaluated, the director indicated that they will be closely assessing whether prior penalties have been sufficient to generally deter the misconduct at issue and where they have not been, you can expect to see them seeking larger penalties, both in settlement negotiations as well as in litigation. Now, of note, he addressed his thoughts on a first-time offender saying, even if a firmer individual hadn't offended before. If they violate a law or rule for which the SEC has previously or publicly charged other actors in their industry, it may be appropriate for penalties or other remedies to be increased in response to a lack of deterrence. Significantly, he addressed the use of past settlement Penalties as comparable precedent for future penalties by stating, so while penalties levied in the past are certainly a relative data point for our conversations, you should not expect comparable cases to be the beginning and end of our analysis. Furthermore, he also mentioned the assessment of penalties against recidivists. He stated, When a firm repeatedly violates our laws or rules, they should expect to be penalized more harshly than a first-time offender might for the same conduct. This is, in essence, specific deterrence. Now, it's interesting that during this particular speech, the director specifically mentioned record-keeping violations, which he said may not grab headlines But the underlying obligations are essential to market integrity and enforcement. He further stated that not only do these failures delay and obstruct investigations, they raise broader accountability, integrity, and spoilation issues. I anticipate we may see more instances where the SEC seeks higher penalty amounts across the full range of SEC actions, including in cases involving record keeping and other non-fraud type conduct. And briefly, some other areas I think that the SEC is going to be focused in on are gatekeeper and individual accountability. The SEC has a view that the gatekeeper serve as the first line of defense against misconduct. I expect the SEC, SEC will continue to bring actions against both attorneys and accountants, as well as other individuals compared to just the corporate entity.
0: Moving to the topic of ESG, the SEC Enforcement Division has announced a number of recent priorities, one of which has been in the area of ESG. What do you think the SEC's concerns are and what types of cases are they likely to pursue?
1: Sure. So back in March of 2021, the SEC's Division of Enforcement created. An ESG task force that was headed by the director of the SEC's Philadelphia Regional Office. According to the SEC, the task force is intended to develop initiatives to proactively identify ESG related misconduct and coordinate the effective use of division resources to identify potential violations. And the task force aims to identify any material gaps or misstatements in issuers' disclosures of climate risks under existing rules. And and analyze disclosure and compliance issues relating to investment advisors and various funds ESG strategies. So it's interesting during a conversation that Ms. Gibson, who is the head of the ESG unit, had at the Environmental Law Institute, she essentially handed out a 2022 playbook that indicated that the task force will be focused on detecting and bringing enforcement actions for Greenwashing, which she defined as exaggerating a commitment to or achieving of climate-relating goals. Now, the concern appears to be that because there has been a dramatic surge in the popularity for ESG-focused investment funds without a corresponding development or evolution in the federal securities laws and various ESG criteria, the SEC believes there's a high risk that investors could be misled by the so-called greenwashing. She said that the focus of the task force is making sure that investors are given the most accurate information possible in a timely manner and that advisors are doing what they say they're going to do. So as such, the task force will be scrutinizing what issuers say in their filings and elsewhere, what investment advisors say and do in terms of their stated investment strategies, and how investments are
0: labeled. Let's wrap up by touching on another priority of the SEC Enforcement Division, cybersecurity.
1: What are some of the lessons learned in this area? Well, clearly, adopt and implement specific disclosure controls, policies, and procedures related to cyber incidents. Review your current cybersecurity disclosure controls and procedures and enhance as necessary in light of recent SEC enforcement actions. And with regard to registered broker dealers and investment advisors, They really need to take steps to ensure that they are in compliance with that safeguard rule, which is Rule 30A of Regulation SP. And and those are just some very basic steps that I think that both public issuers, as well as registered broker-dealers and investment advisors should strongly consider taking.
0: Elaine, thank you for your insights. It was wonderful to have you as a guest on RiskWatch. Enjoy the conference.
1: Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure, Seth.